we're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. How's it going? And welcome to the Standing Idly By podcast. My name is Dermot Daisy O'Brien. We are here in episode three. I'm going to try and keep your attention, even though I want to talk about people, political parties and policies. Has anyone clicked off yet to go and find something better to listen to? Hopefully not. Here's my start point anyway. I believe that good people can create bad policies. I don't believe in attacking individuals, but I'll always challenge policies or proposals that for me only serve the few or are not aligned with good social justice principles or haven't considered the human rights lens, etc, etc. And I relish the opportunity to debate and discuss policy proposals and really try and navigate them to a place where they serve everyone or represent an improvement in terms of how we do things. But let's get real. The political arena nowadays is far more than just debates in council chambers. It exists in probably nearly every part of people's lives, whether you're discussing it at the dinner table or scrolling through your news feeds on whatever social media platform you use or flicking through the newspapers or the news in, in the online spaces or indeed meeting people in the interpersonal sense, um, working with someone, supporting them, advocating for them, following up on an issue that they have presented to you. So there's lots of moving parts when we think about political engagement and the political arena. And I want to be pretty clear on the fact that opposing views are the very essence of politics. So debates, discussions, proposals, counter-proposals, voting on motions. There's a, the, like the political arena is a space of conflict in terms of the, the reality of how there is opposition. Um, and we can't, we can't get away from that. So even if you have to sit with the discomfort of watching a political debate and seeing people be fairly passionate um, in terms of the delivery of their content, it, it's got to be that way. Because, well, for me, there's something about how we use those opposing views, how we see them as, again, that word, which is really important for me, generative, that when we, when opposing views come into play, they should generate the potential for something new to emerge from those opposing views, if you are open to that. And that's where I think we need to, we need to go to with this conversation, because if you are not open to your views being enhanced by someone else's contribution, if you're not open to the possibility that you haven't considered all the elements that would make a policy or a proposal much better than where you've brought it to, then then you're stuck in a space where you are just you're you're locked in to your own position and then I guess instinctively you're gonna defend that position and that becomes your driver, your motivation, your almost your priority that I, I have chosen this decision, this standpoint, um, this position, and I'm going to defend it because because to leave space for compromise is to show vulnerability, which in the political arena 
is akin to showing weakness and that is risky territory. And I really, really wonder where that comes from. Is that something that that has emerged out of the culture of politics within political arenas and among politicians? Or is it coming from the electorate, the general public, who are on some level sending vibes about their expectations of how a politician should carry themselves? And I re- I, like, I, I'm so fascinated with what the impact of that is on how politics happens. And it worries me, well, it worries me in a way when I see examples of, of an approach that suggests within the political arena that, for example, the truth doesn't matter. What people are willing to believe is what matters. And that's dangerous territory because that's both insulting to the electorate, but also it undermines the responsibility of elected members to really, really take the responsibility for wrestling with the the big decisions and, you know, attacking the challenges in a way, again, that, that, that strives for an outcome that works for all. Um, but if we, if we think, you know, that the other side of the truth is not really so important because the, the electorate wouldn't understand anyway, it's too complex for them. So what we need to do is just maintain our status in terms of popularity then we're absolutely in in risky territories because that's really then that will influence the behavior of politicians insofar as the when we decide where we want to give our energy our emphasis our priority are we really about making sure where's the currency that's the big question is there more currency in in daisy being popular well known and and a good guy as opposed to Daisy being associated with that brilliant initiative around trauma-informed organization or participatory budgeting. And there, there's something real about that because if we if we don't see the electorate or the general public as partners in local democracy, and I reckon there's, a, there's fundamental beliefs about that in, amongst politicians, that some politicians really do believe that I have got elected and that means you've given me permission to go and do my thing in the political arena and, and I'll come back to you with my successes and, or you can follow my story but we're really not in this together. That When you select me, I go and do my thing. Whereas I would be in a whole different world in terms of how I see my role. I believe that people have selected me to be their representative and within my role, I see a, like a, a consistent channel of communication amongst all the people who are in my area whether they voted for me or not and that together if we if we are like i i can only imagine the volume of expertise the lived experiences the insight the awareness that's out there amongst all the people who live in my constituency and how insane would it be to consider that i i shouldn't tap into that i shouldn't utilize that i shouldn't create spaces where together we can throw an issue into the mix and that i can benefit from the feedback um of those who who i am supposed to represent 
Um, and 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 yet, there's there's an easier way of doing it, maybe, and that is to just show up at things, turn up to things, open things, cut ribbons, um, and just be associated with things that are in the public eye, and that your visibility then is your currency. And I can see that that's that makes sense in the political arena, but I I, I really think we've got to broaden our expectation um of of what politicians do for and on behalf of the communities that they represent um so the the competition should really be somewhere balanced between the policy proposals how you carry yourself in the arena alongside maybe how present you are in communities and connected to to those who are also in in service to communities uh, in terms of local organizations, etc. But I suppose one of the, the big challenges and where I'm coming from with this whole statement around good people and bad policies is that there's a challenge for the electorate or the general public. Um, there's a challenge for how we consider who should be sitting in these spaces of power and making decisions for us. And and it's on you guys really to be identifying the contrast and appreciating the contrast between someone who might appear to be nice and sound and good people. And I and I can validate that one million percent even within all the colleagues that sit on the council, that there's good, solid people who are sound. Um but our critical analysis must also include how they vote, what they propose, what their values are, what they're aligned with. If we look around our county and wonder why affordable housing is not being built, that's because of policy. So no matter how nice and sound and approachable someone is or how they might show up to present awards at your at, at a local event or whatever, and there's still something to be considered in terms of why? Why, the, why do we have a local property tax and yet we struggle to see where that money is being spent in a positive way for local people? Never mind how fair and equitable it is in the, in the macro sense. Um, it's because of policy. And even if on the flip side, if we look at the positives, the reason why the, the trees that are sitting on council land around the county will be more protected than ever before is also because of policy. And that's good policy. Um, and we need to identify who is involved in that stuff because that should really inform who we place in these positions and then how we build our expectation about what's possible there um, without needing to go and attack and demonize and abuse the people um, who find their way into the political arena and uh, th- th- get caught in 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 a totally inappropriate type of conflict rather we should be able to be present in that space and say your proposal is something that i fundamentally oppose and here's why and and behind that you are still it's this is not a question mark about who you are as a human being you maintain your dignity you maintain your your right to be protected and safe in that working environment but at the same time, we we are, are 
comfortable with an ethical approach to how we use disagreements, generative conflict, and opposition in political spaces so that what emerges is good stuff for 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 most of the people um so i hope you found that interesting and um, we'll maybe you'll tune in for the next episode but thanks very much for listening talk to you all soon <laughs>